0: Hi, I'm Doug.
1: And I'm David. And we are Beyond Hungry. So, Doug, what are we talking about in this episode?
0: Uh, We both went camping, or I don't know if I went camping, I was in a cabin. But we we both went to the outdoors. We were not living in our own homes. We weren't in a hotel. We weren't in an Airbnb. We're going to talk about what it was like to be out there uh, what it was like to to cook out there, the different kinds of food we were trying to make, or the different kinds of food that we experienced, and and just thinking more about like what it means uh, to be camping nowadays.
1: And I think there's different levels, right? There's like staying at a the cabin, there's glamping, there's camping, <laughs> there's you know camping in your car, having an airliner, there's that yeah. new van life thing on Instagram, and then there's backpacking. So yes, oh, yeah, <laughs> I think we will discuss a few of those those methods and topics but yeah we're talking about experiences and our expenses with cooking out there um should we just get to it let's get to it so Doug, tell me about your trip you went to south dakota right
0: yes i went to south dakota Uh, my fiance has her family has a cabin in South Dakota and so we went out there um for about 10 days uh, two days of like travel and you know just kind of spent the time you know doing a lot of reading uh I was doing a lot of like online lessons uh, from different places uh and I, I was doing a lot of cooking which is which is a little bit difficult a little bit different I'm I'm used to my own set of kitchen tools in my own kitchen uh having things like running water uh and, and a lot of other stuff like that and so it, it was it was interesting and it was fun to try to cook all the things that i would normally try to do with all these different like obstacles in the way mm. uh, and so you you went camping too right or or like i was in a cabin were, were you in a tent
1: yeah like, we a, did tent we did um have like our car we packed our car stuff like that but we did we okay. went to a backbone state national park up in up here in iowa it's about mm. two and a half three hours north East of of Des Moines. But yeah, like this is my first year, like not first time camping, but the first time camping this year. Have you have you camped before? Uh,
0: Yes. Sorry. This trip was a little bit strange because like I have taken a similar trip a long time ago. I think when I was like four or five, uh, I remember my parents took us on a big took the entire family like in the station wagon. Uh, on like a big trip to like a bunch of the national parks and so i remember going and seeing all these things like mount rushmore and and devil's tower and and being in the area that i was actually in and so it was interesting to kind of have that parallel and so that first time when i was four or five we went camping uh, we had like sleeping bags and tents and everything um and that is like my my earliest memory of, of kind of being in the outdoors and kind of camping like that. Since then, honestly, not that much. Like, I think I did like a Boy Scout, like one night thing. They just invited other potential like people. They, they wanted to recruit Boy Scouts. They're like, hey, let's go on a camping trip. And, you know, we can talk more about that later. And then maybe a trip, maybe like a, a camping trip in college, I think. But like, I, I really have kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know if I I want to say like I av- avoid camping, but it's just like I haven't sought it out, uh, in my adult life very much, and so okay. this is yeah. this is this has been this has been interesting. So, yeah.
1: What about you? So y- was this your first time camping? No, I've I've camped since I was like in high school, but yeah, like the most I've ever had as far as equipment was a sleeping bag. You know, I, I went camping with a friend of and his family. We would go north to, to Wisconsin. There was, I know it was near a army base. Uh, his stepdad was in the military, and we'll go to the tent. You know, he showed me how to do a cast iron cooking and, and stuff like that. <laughs> but then I would go with my friends, coworkers when I graduated high school. And then once I went to college, no one really went camping because I went to school in the in Chicago in the city, mm-hmm. and also I didn't have the gear. Yeah. So a couple of years when I moved to Des Moines, one of my friends, uh, you know, enjoyed going camping. So we went, and my wife was working at Iowa State with like rent a tent. I had to borrow some sleeping bags because I gave my sleeping bag away. So it was. <laughs> I didn't know you you could had
0: rent that. tents first of all. I I didn't know that was a thing.
1: Yeah, you could rent even RVs. Um, <laughs> so we rent that, rent some sleeping pads, and we borrowed some sleeping bags from some friends. Fast forward to this year pandemic hits if you want to leave the house we thought about renting a cabin that's all booked out once that decided so once you know all the cabins were full then it was like you know do we want to do airbnbs and it's like we can go camping and then the more instagram of camping i'm like we can try it out <laughs> and it took a pandemic to for her to like camping and we went and she loved it you know mm. now we have most of the gear the yeah. essentials which it's a lot like it's a lot. Uh, yeah. That's, that's,
0: you know, maybe that's one of the reasons why I, I didn't ever get around to it as I, I, I remember it being just like a lot. Cause I have friends who are into camping and they go camping. They're like, Hey, we're like, it is people nerd out over the gear. And oh, I yes. mean that in the best way possible. I mean, like I am there, it is amazing. Like I, I do actually like going to like REI or in the outdoor stores. Cause it's just like, Oh man, there's like all this stuff that's like very clever and purpose built and it's like, it's the closest I think that you can come as like just a regular person to like James Bond gadgets. Yeah. <laughs> like there is all this stuff that's cool and it has all these multifunctions and, and like folds in these different ways and has all these like hidden compartments. And it's just like, it's cool. It's fun. And it's like, I can definitely see myself like going down a deep rabbit hole of camping gear if I allowed myself to. But Yeah. So, I mean, so have you, since since your first time camping, you said your friend and his dad, like, would take you camping. Like, did that solidify uh, a certain love of camping? Is that, or did it take you a while to kind of build up to that?
1: Um, it solidified. Like, I enjoyed it. And then when I went with my friends, we would go hiking and to different mountains mm-hmm. and stuff. So, that kind of solidified it. I think what was kind of put off was... Once in with the city, it's kind of like if you don't have the gear or no people have the gear, it's pretty pricey. Yeah. To to establish like once you have the gear, you have it. But that and then like finding people who actually go out and enjoy it. I think it's when you live in a city or even nowadays, like the less rural, I think, you know, going camping isn't really a a big thing that people love to do. It's like, oh, going in the woods without technology. is kind of a huge put off. Yeah. Can't get your Instagram fixed without internet. Exactly.
0: I mean, I feel like I have such a complicated relationship with the idea of camping because, like, that first trip that I took with, like, my family, I was terrified of everything because my older brothers were big meanies and (laughs) used camping, like, every potential opportunity to try to scare the shit out of me. Like, they would they would, they would talk about snakes eating me. They would talk about poisonous spiders mm. and like scorpions. And like, they would bring up every they they thought it was so funny. And to be honest, it probably was <laughs> to terrify me with all of this stuff. So I remember like that camping trip was like me being carsick, me being terrified for my life and not being able to sleep and just like being uncomfortable exposed in like this new area. It was a lot of change for a kid. And, but like, but then again, like there's also a part of me like, growing up that really loved the idea of camping because like I remember like I think it was an elementary school I read like Gary Paulson's hatchet did you ever read that Mm-mm. no it's like it's like a it's it's this like before YA or young adult fiction was really a thing like there was this book by this guy and he writes lots of books like this but his like first big one was this one called hatchet it's about this this boy who's on like a Cessna flight for some reason and he has uh his dad i think bought him like a hatchet that he has on him and then the pilot has a heart attack and then the plane crashes in the woods and all he has is this hatchet uh and so he has to like learn to like fend for himself and like cut down trees and build snares and build fires and build shelters and things like that it was it was like as a kid like a really cool book and there's a whole bunch of books similar to that. There's like My Side of the Mountain and and uh which I believe has extra sequels and I think Hatchet has a sequel. <laughs> and there's a bunch of them but like I remember reading about all these like survival kids and being really into it like abstractly like in my head from re- like reading books <laughs> and thinking and I developed this like romantic idea of what it would be like to like survive out in the wilderness. Uh but then, you know, as I kind of mentioned, like I went on like a like a sample Boy Scout like camping trip where they were trying to recruit. And I had some friends who were part of it. And that experience was terrible. Uh, I remember having this romantic idea of like, oh, we're going to start a fire. We're going to forge the woods for like berries and like find things to eat. Um, And I remember the, like the scout leader, I don't know, Boy Scouts very well, whoever like the adult was in the room, like basically like took a, a cooler out of their trunk that was just full of like, cans of beans, ramen packets, spam, and like a bunch of these other things, these like shortcuts, and and then just like fired up like the picnic grill next to him and would just make these things there. I was like, oh, this isn't it's a cookout. This isn't what I wanted. This is too this is too modern for me. Like I wanted and I remember being very disappointed. I think since then I've always been a little bit like wary of the experience but like I, I wanted I, I desperately still I think want to go out there and try and figure out if I can survive to some some degree out there.
1: But that requires a lot of studying. Like you have to know what berries are oh, and yeah. poisonous. And
0: look, I read a lot of those books. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I would. To be fair, I I would be useless out there. I I'm, I'm fairly sure. Like I would figure some stuff out, but I think a week in the wilderness, I would be dead in like three days. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think the, the whole preparedness, I mean, I took a cooler with food. Like, <laughs> that's, I, that's the level of camping I do. I'm not, like, a backpacker. Yeah. I would love yeah. to be one of these days once. I, I would like to go with, like, someone who has experience. Yeah. Because kind of like the, the whole food thing is, you know, luckily here in Iowa or even, like, Minnesota, Wisconsin, like, we have, there's bears. I mean, here in Iowa, there's not yeah. that many bears or bears at all but you have black bears right you have the little tiny right. ones who are timid uh i would love to go like yellowstone or backpacking like you know the the northwest and you know you have to worry about grizzlies and mountain lions yeah. and things that will actually like eat you and kill you so then like you yeah. to like approach food in a different manner or just the things you do
0: also, my brothers, I believe, when I was young,
1: tormented me with being eaten
0: by bears. So, <laughs> that trip was just pure fear.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we've been learning a lot. My uh, my brother-in-law is going to go camping slash mixed backpacking, and I told him about like, oh, do you, have you do you know anything about like, you know, how to like, cook, how to prepare things? Because he was going to take a skillet. He was like mm. really amped to go into Yellowstone. He's like, yeah, I can't wait to like cook steaks. And I'm like. You know you can't cook near your your campsite, and he's like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Yeah, the he's like you should be camping like at least fifty yards, if not like it's preferably a hundred yards downwind from your campsite." Yeah, and like if you're cooking any food, and then if you're like all the clothing that you're wearing that has any food smell that you were cooking in, you have to change out of there, mm. and then all that stuff, and it just blew his mind, and I was like, "Yeah." And then I was talking to one of our friends who went camping at Yellowstone recently, and I was like, "So what'd you cook? Like what'd you eat?" He's like, "We just ate snacks." He's like, "I am snacks. too scared." He's <laughs> like, "There's restaurants around there, like at Yellowstone Park. Like there's restaurants, yeah. like you can order food and take out and stuff." It's like obviously because of COVID, but he's like, "I am." He's like, "I." He's like, "I don't mess with bears, man." He's like, "I don't cook. We just eat snacks." He's like, "We eat snacks." So this is this is the thing that like kind of bugs me
0: like so I I mean yes there's that fact that like you probably shouldn't be cooking when you're camping if you're in any sort of area that has bears I guess that that makes sense and so like yeah people are going out there like surviving off of power bars and trail mix and things like that which I I get Um, they are there for the hiking and uh, probably a lot of other things Um, scenery man in the scenery uh and and that like that bums me out because like i mean we love cooking (laughs) and like i love the idea of like oh building a fire and like throwing like a cast iron skillet over and frying something up or roasting something like or just like throwing throwing things directly into the fire and pulling them out later when they're done like that idea is like very romantic to me like it's it's very idealized and and i want to do that someday but like a like yeah if you're with bears you're not supposed to do that and b like i'm not allowed to start a fire anywhere anymore i mean california is all on fire right now uh good parts of, of of oregon colorado was definitely had a lot of wildfires like were you, were you? Did you start a fire in Iowa? I think Iowa's okay generally. Yeah,
1: I think when you start a fire, I'm, I'm sh- the way some of the fire started it was like some of it was nature, some of it was like people doing some like you know like the whole gender reveals and stuff. But I think Ugh. building a fire, I don't think there's enough education, yeah, on how to build one properly. Yeah. I think a lot of people just start lighting things on fire, like it, but you're supposed to like set a base. Right. And, you know, have a set of perimeters so in case like when it starts cracking and embers start flying, yeah. that it has enough room for that stuff to die out. Um, and then anything that's flammable away from it and stuff like that. I don't think there's like right practice or, you know, it's kind of like I think like kind of you we had a previous conversation about you starting a fire, having like a fire pit at your um, fiance's family's house. But the whole thing is like, you know, they have other people go there and they don't trust other people
0: right yeah so
1: that's the whole thing is like there's people who are kind of like with like lots of things that are like you know safety is there's a lot of people who are trained to do it properly but then you can't trust those who yeah don't take the time to educate themselves
0: i, I mean i don't honestly like out there i wouldn't risk it like i remember when we drove in we saw like they have those signs of like Smokey the bear that like tells you what like the fire danger level is i don't know what it's called but like i think we went there and it was like moderate and we were very surprised because it actually was like a little bit like gloomy and a little bit like damp when we first went Mm -hmm. but then like a couple days later very high and um honestly like it's not something i risk like i i went to the cabin and they did actually have like a little bit of like a fire pit there but it was one of those like metal things that's supposed to contain everything that you're putting on fire but like i looked around and like every square foot within every square foot around it was pine needles dry pine needles everywhere Mm. Like you couldn't get rid of them. Like literally the ground is just pine needles And so it's like no, there's no way i'm like lighting a match anywhere or doing anything because like this Entire thing could go up in flames so easily and it's just It's just like it's not worth it to even take the risk to try to be safe about it There's just no point. Yeah um, and so that like I don't know, maybe maybe in the East Coast, you can you can still (laughs) still do that in Iowa. I'm guessing things are damp enough here in most cases that like that's generally okay. I'm sure there are other places, but it's just been it's it's kind of a bummer that like once again, I have these like fantasies from like reading books that it's like,
1: oh, man, I would like to do these things. But like I I can't really we can still cook outside. You have like those outside stoves with the butane and stuff, and I think that's what yeah. like backpackers use. I yeah. like about this mini stove. It's literally the size. Uh, how would I for for our listeners? What what would I say the size is? It's like it's a, essentially it's a mini stove that you, you essentially use the the butane can as the holder. Oh, so okay, without yeah. it, it doesn't hold anything. It's about the size of like your iPad charging, like oh dang and, okay like, yeah so like it, that's it, crazy it fits into like a cup like you can like nice. fold it up and it fits into a, a cup or like a mug for coffee right and then you just screw it onto the but the, the butane and then light it with a match and it's like all season so like you can like the wind won't turn it off and it holds up to eight pounds so you can put like a pan on top and that's what i used dang. for to make coffee or boil water and stuff like that nice
0: yeah yeah, let's let let's talk about this, the setups of like what what you had available to you. So you were you were actually camping with like a tent and everything. Yes. What was? Uh, th- did you make breakfast?
1: Yes, I made breakfast. I have. Uh, I mean, we prepackaged everything. We had like green peppers, onion. We had like already boiled potatoes, you know, eggs. So then got a cutting board. The first thing was to get the fire going. So we do we did our campsite did have a pit, like a metal pit with like a grate that nice. you can. Put on top to cook and adjust that nice. Um, but before that, we made coffee, so I have my beauty and my mini stove to boil water. And these little nice. things are powerful, man. Like, where were you getting water from? Uh, we brought water, but there's like a, a well pump okay on our campsite that you can like pump water in. Um, is yeah. it potable water or just like for washing hands and stuff like that? I think it's is it what is it? Potable, I think. potable. Yeah, the the only thing that it kind of threw us off—we didn't know had a CDC sign on there, you know, because people. What? Well, people (laughs) uh, because people are touching it, so no one's cleaning it, and because you know COVID, Um, they're like, "Hey, like, sanitize your hands after this." Like, we're not cleaning this every second someone touches it, so that kind of like made us question whether or not it's drinkable. Yeah. But uh, either way, so this mini stove is amazing. It boils water like. In three minutes. This little freaking <laughs> thing is insane.
0: So wait, what were you putting on top of the mini
1: stove? Yeah, I got a titanium pot.
0: Oh, dang. Okay. All right.
1: Yeah, you got to get a yeah. like special pot that can handle the heat.
0: Yeah. Which is crazy. Those, are like, those conduct heat like
1: crazy. Yeah. And yeah. Um, they're super lightweight. And I think, yeah. I mean, the whole kitchen, like, equipment for camping and backpacking, <laughs> just because it has to be so light yeah is insane and it gets so yeah. hot real fast and it has like it has yeah. to cook, it has to cook food very quickly
0: i always see those like um those like titanium camping mugs i'm just like if i pour hot coffee into that i'm gonna burn my lips on there
1: yeah they sell like, rubber uh rubber. yeah you
0: have to get like a little, <laughs>
1: <laughs> little rubber, rubber, which i get yeah it. yeah so yeah so we boil water get our coffee and we use the Aeropress. press um, nice which is great for that. And yeah, so then once we got the fire going, having a cup of coffee, start getting things chopped up. So chopping, like, you know, chopping all the vegetables and, and everything to get that ready. Do you have like a, a table or something to do all this prep on? Or... There was a picnic table there.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I can imagine. I mean. So you brought your knives? No, I brought, so I got like a kitchen, like a cookout set, like his little briefcase with like, you know. Uh the tongs oh, okay. and it has like that long knife so that you can cut things on the grill and not burn yourself. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I used that and it came with its own utensils. So it was just okay. like a little briefcase with everything in there. So I use that, nice. uh, cooked potatoes, you know, onions, spinach, green peppers, onions, seasonings, uh, gotta get your basic seasonings. It's just salt, pepper, and garlic powder. Yeah. got to cut it down, man. Yeah. So, no, yeah,
0: that's, that's great. That sounds good. That sounds good.
1: I, <laughs> but I think next time, uh, we're just going to pre-cut everything and put them like in Ziploc bags and lay them down flat in a cooler. I think I think that makes sense. I think
0: that, yeah, that's smart.
1: The only thing is like with to make sure the Ziplocs stay closed cause they don't want to get them full of the water.
0: I mean, you just, you just have to, you have to pay the extra money for like the brand name
1: Ziplocs with like the double seals. And yeah. And then you may, yeah. like we realized it was a little hot, not super hot like it was in like dead summer. obviously, mm-hmm. cuz it was like um a few weeks ago, but man our cooler did not like our ice melted quickly.
0: Oh man, yeah.
1: So now it's like, oh, do we have to buy one of those fancy coolers?
0: I I mean, I'll, let me tell you, like the I mean, we we have we finally got one of those Yeti's, those the soft ones, and it it was really handy in Um, keeping things cold, even frozen things stayed mostly frozen on like six and eight hour trips, um, in full sun in the car, which was nice. So, you know, we were really grateful to have that, um, for that. And then also keeping a lot of beer cold because we were stopping off at breweries on the, on the entire way out to South Dakota Mm -hmm. and back, which was nice, but. Yeah.
1: But yeah. So we ate that. We ate like a, a skillet egg skillet for, or, yeah, egg skillet for for breakfast, which was a lot. Mm-hmm. We ate a lot for um, had some avocado, some hot sauce, and that was enough to keep us full for most of the day. Nice. And then we just baked some sandwich stuff, like you know, made some chicken. We had some like pre-bought chicken curry salad. Oh, nice. And ate that with uh with that, and then for dinner, just hot dogs, just something who, you. Wait, who is selling?
0: Who is selling pre made chicken chicken curry salad sandwiches?
1: <laughs> well, they're not pre made sandwiches. It's just like the container, which brought bread and oh, made them into okay. sandwiches. But that was a chicken curry salad from Whole Foods. It's freaking delicious. Okay.
0: I was about to say Whole Foods. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I love me a good, you know, chicken curry salad, but like, or a curry chicken salad, but like, I, I don't ever see that anywhere. But I don't get out to Whole Foods as much as you do.
1: So then, yeah, for dinner, we just used our s'more sticks and put some hot dogs on there and roasted them over a fire. Megan yeah. had her vegan hot dogs, and those things catch fire pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> those things—if you, if you're not careful, those things turn black real fast.
0: I did not know that. Well, that's that's good to know. Wait, is is Megan doing a little more vegan stuff? Is she vegan right now? Uh, she's not right vegan,
1: now? but she's you know trying to get more. Um. More vegan stuff, like more of that, in okay. that, like I don't, I don't mind it. I just the vegan hot dogs, not for me. They're too tiny. Not for you. They <laughs> taste just like hot dogs. But yeah. I got these beef uncured ones, which were like phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I will stick to those. They have a snap. They have a snap. They have like yeah, a crunch. Yeah, that's like so a little important. It's so important. Yeah. Uh, I also realized I hate hot dog bread. I would rather use hamburger buns. Wait, really? yeah hot dog bread is just like it's just big it's just a lot of bread for no reason i'm just wait, wait, tired I, of it
0: I, no i mean I, I i get it like i mean uh i think it's tough because like i i've bought like artisanal like bakery like hot dog buns and it's almost always too much bun yeah but then the get the, like the regular kind of like buns at like the supermarket are like i think an appropriate size but then they're always just they're trash <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just never understand why like one side is super big and the other one's like flat and small and then it always tears. Yeah. So then we used, uh we forgot our sandwich bread and there was a convenience store down, to, down the street mm-hmm. or like a concession stand and they sold uh hamburger buns. So we got a hamburger bun. Nice. So we're like, okay, I could use the top half as a hot dog bun. So I'm going to try yeah. this. And I much prefer it. It doesn't break. Yeah. You just fold it. It's like, yeah, oh, gets the job done. Yeah, but it got us thinking um, we had this Korean family who got the site next to us Mm -hmm. and got to talk to them. They came from Minneapolis and we're chatting and and then one day they brought over some kimchi fried rice and I was like, (laughs) why didn't we think of making this stuff? (laughs) <laughs> and they use like you know, leftover hot dogs from the night before. Yeah. You know, cut those up in there. They ha- they made like mm. breakfast burritos. And I was like, oh, breakfast burrito sounds good. <laughs> so we had like a conversation. I was like, why like I get camping, like I'm trying to make it more simple, but most of it's like uh-huh. there's no vegetables or any flavor in it. It's just like yeah. this basic stuff. So my <laughs> conversation with you is like when you went like, you know, we went to the cabin, like what food uh-huh. did you cook? Like, is there any like other food besides like kind of American? Yeah, Staples.
0: I mean, so this this is a problem that I ran into and in that like I once again, I have this idea of like greatest hits of like what I want to make when when camping or like being in the outdoors. And yeah, it, it is, to be fair, super white food. <laughs> it is hot dogs and hamburgers and things like that. And and like those are good. Those are good. But like I did struggle for a while to kind of figure out like because it's, it's a very different ingredient set that you kind of have to bring sometimes or like, you know, you're talking about like salt and pepper being like the basics and stripping down what you're bringing. And that doesn't leave a lot of room for cooking any different kinds of cultures of food while you're out there. And so that, that was, that was what I was kind of struggling with a little bit. Uh, uh, I, I, I did attempt a couple of things, but I didn't get to as much as I wanted to honestly. And I I kind of ran out of time and I ran out of, opportunities to do it but like did i did i bring a jar of kimchi with me no i i i I timed it well i actually made like kimchi like three days before i left for camping so that i could get the first initial ferment down and then shove it in the fridge and then when i came back i would have perfectly fermented jars of kimchi ready for me when i got back which was a great idea um but yeah i didn't I had some plans. I spent a lot of time thinking about what I wanted to make out there because I would have a lot of time and um, there weren't a lot of other things that I'd be able to do. So I could just sit there and just think about cooking. So I knew I wanted to play around as, as I kind of mentioned in like, I think the last episode, there is a cast iron skillet that I seasoned last year mm-hmm. that was waiting for me. And I wanted to use that. And so um, I was looking to cook things that required like a high degree of searing so i wanted to make a burger and i wanted to make steaks uh to really like try and take advantage of that because i haven't really cooked with cast iron that much Uh, and that's what it's like really really good for um i know that i wanted to attempt some kind of like like rice dish when i was out there Uh, i knew that i wanted to make beans of some kind like the slow way not taking a tin of beans but like going from dry dry beans soaking them overnight and so on and so forth and doing that and um beyond that I kind of wanted to play like a little bit loose like I figured if I made a rice dish then maybe I could make fried rice with it later um and do something with that uh or maybe I could like make omelets or I I, I kind of want to play around with that a little bit more but um in reality I ran out of time for some of this stuff I I will say like the I will say the one thing I'm very proud of. Did you did you watch um, on Hulu? They had um, Padma Lakshmi's
1: "Taste the Nation." I watched a few uh, an episode.
0: Okay, yeah. So there's an episode in there where she talks about where she goes um, to some of like the reservations of the United States and talks to the, the native population there and talks to them about this concept of like food sovereignty and how. Um, on how like once they got put on reservations, a long time ago, like they they didn't really have much access to food other than what the United States government would just give them, hmm. and so like a lot of apparently what they're trying to do is trying to like rediscover and or um, preserve like some of the the cultural foods that they they know were there and they know that people prepared back then and to try to make sure that, that tradition goes on and to make sure people have access to it and, and know about it. And I remember them talking about this, this dish called, or just this concept of like the three sisters. Have you heard of this? No. Um, so it's a bit of like a food thing and a bit of an agricultural thing. So the idea is that you grow corn because corn is important. <laughs> um, and it provides a lot of like carbohydrates and a lot of nutrition there. And then you grow um you grow beans, which apparently will wrap around the corn stalks. Uh, and then they also are nitrogen fixers. So mm-hmm. they help replenish the soil and then you grow squash. Um, because the leaves cover the ground. Yeah. Prevent it from like drying out and erosion and a bunch of other things. So it's this like wonderful, like agricultural combination of three crops that really like have a symbiotic relationship. Um, and then, so, naturally their food would be representative of, of that. And so I tried to do, to do something kind of like that. I was already making like a pot of beans, like I said, from like, from like scratch dry beans and like basically making like a Boston baked bean sort of situation. Um, but then I, on a whim, I went to one of the grocery stores. I saw that they had corn on the cob. I saw that they had some, um, zucchini and yellow squash. And I grabbed that and I'd like tried to do as much like, quick research as I can with really bad internet to try to find some information like what sort of traditional spices would be made and I think I saw some mentions of sage so I tried to whip up some sort of quick like I had the beans already just like a squash and corn dish um, with sage and just like you know roast them on the grill and did all these things to it and honestly like it was really satisfying and it was that was like really interesting to me that it's I'd never really thought about it before and that knowledge of understanding how all that works together I feel like really helped me understand the perspective of like eating those things together. (laughs) Yeah. Which to be fair, like I have zero, almost zero understanding of this. Like this was just me like looking things up real quick and trying off of some TV that I saw, like, you know, um, but like, it made me really curious about some of those combinations. And I'm like now like super curious about like, and honestly, like I would have never put those things together like myself, like, Like, look, I like squash and I like corn, but like, I would have never placed them side by side (laughs) or in a dish together. But like, but if you think about it, like
1: like the squash, I mean, I know in Mexican cuisine we used uh, the squash flour yeah, in a lot of dishes, yeah, with like just with like uh, with either putting them in beans, like in a bean soup, or Mm. um, just eating them as like a taco,
0: yeah. It's just one of those things that, like, I... It was nice to explore that and nice to get a small, like, sample of Mm -hmm. what that might have been like, um, you know, while I was doing that. And that was, like, maybe the thing that I'm, like, happiest about as far as, like, what I cooked. I, like, you know, I cooked a decent burger. I overcooked my steak because I don't have, you know, like, I I don't have a thermometer that... (laughs) You either either do the finger
1: trick? The finger trick? No,
0: it doesn't work. The finger trick does not... No, okay. Look, I the finger trick works for some people, but like you have to have the right kind of hand. You have to have the right kind of muscle structure to like get that. And I, and honestly, like I think it also depends on like the cut of meat and how thick it is. I think, I think it's wildly unreliable. Like I think chefs, some chefs like say that because it works for them, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody.
1: That's right. That's true. So I
0: have, I have big problems with that. (laughs) And so like, I, I would rather rely off of just like, a thermometer, which I mean, to be fair, like me three years ago, would be like meh, thermometers. I don't need those. Like, I'm definitely like, no, I need to know what temperature. It is. Yes. Was the same I, way. I, I've, 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 I've crossed the line. I'm like, no, I want to know what temperature it is. I need to get like uh I have like an instant read. I need to get like a, like an alarm thermometer that will just tell you when it hits a certain temperature and then I mm-hmm. can like take it out. You know the kind that like you th- you have like the wire through. The I screen, have one of those. And, like, yeah. Ah, see, I need one of you those. You could like
1: change the setting from like chicken, fish, rare, medium, medium yeah. rare, like all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I just need the temperature. I don't. I don't like presets, but but I just need something like that to tell me when something is at temperature, and then I like can take it out. So, um, but yeah, I mean. Man, can I tell you, like, the number of things that I wish I had brought and the number of things that I wish I hadn't brought with me
1: to the cabin? What, so what were those things? What were those things? Like, what? Okay, so like what we, can, wait, let's start off with, like, the things that you wish you would have brought.
0: Okay. I'd wish I brought one of my crappy chef's knives. Okay. I, I think one of, the, one of the big problems I ran into at the cabin was I, I knew that they had, like— some people don't generally cook at the cabin i will say that like the family doesn't cook at the cabin very often they normally buy like sandwich meats and they buy like a thing of like hawaiian rolls and some condiments and then they snack on that and then they and then they eat out in the in the kind of tourist town that's that they're just outside of and that's that's fine that works but this is COVID, (laughs) and so it's like you know what it actually makes sense for me to like cook as many meals as i can here at the cabin mm-hmm. so i'm going to do that yeah um i wish i'd brought um a crappy chef's knife of mine like one or two of them or or some some kinds of like cutlery because like when i got there i realized that there wasn't a chef's knife they had steak knives and then they had a uh, a knife that i later confirmed was made by her grandfather or something like that he just Found a piece of metal, sharpened it, and slapped some wood on there and, <laughs> and turned that into a knife. It was essentially a I don't even think it was steel. I think it was like aluminum or tan. The blade was very light. And um it was like a it was like a giant threatening looking butter knife. <laughs> got it, got it, got it, got it. And then there was a butcher's knife, um, which I looked up, I found like the manufacturing, which was steel. Um, which was actually like kind of fun to use, except for the fact that the part of the handle was broken and it would like twist off. Uh. And so I was just like, this is not safe for me to like, I used it, but like, and I sh- I had to sharpen them. I had to, I had to go find a sharpening stone for tools for like axes and like other tools like that and sharpen them using this. And it it actually got, like, did a pretty good job. And I was, like, being able to, like, cut stuff. I was cutting vegetables with it. I think it's in my story somewhere. Uh, But, like, ultimately, I was, like, I need to, like... We had one trip that we had to go into town for where there was going to be, like, a target. And so I was, like, I'm just going to buy, like, a cheap chef's knife. Because, A, that knife was dangerous. And, B, the the knife didn't have any clearance for your fingers. Because, like, that's the nice thing about a chef's knife. Is that, like, the blade... Descends below where your fingers would be, so you can you can chop things or slice things without your fingers hitting the cutting board or hitting the the table. And so like I was just like I just the cabin needs this. I'm willing to just like throw a free knife (laughs) at the cabin. So I did that. Um, I wish I had I wish I had brought more of my food. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like maybe I should have brought some gimchi. Maybe I should have brought in some other ingredients of mine like i i brought strangely enough like all kind of the wrong things like my my last experience out there like over a year ago was like the town it's like a little bit of like a tourist destination Mm -hmm. um so the but they have some basics but it's not a place where like people go out and and Um, you know, they're knickknacks, but it's not like they're not sustaining like a huge population. So they don't have the kinds of stores that you need. But when I got like, so I prepared, I was like, okay, I'm going to buy some nice cheeses. I'm going to buy some nice like charcuterie meats and have some fun. I'm going to buy like one. Yeah. Like (laughs) I was like, I want to have like a fancy, like I want to have like a fancy, like little, like, you know, meat and cheese platter with some other stuff. I bought like a, one of those, I finally bought one of those tins with the, um, the grape leaves stuffed with rice. The Domates? Oh, yes. I bought one of those tins. And I was like, I love those things. I, I, I'm not going to be able to find it there. I go there. It turns out there's this new fancy schmancy organic store. They have the exact tin of Domates that I bought at Gateway. <laughs> they have all the fancy meats that I would have wanted. <laughs> it was just sort of like, I didn't need to bring any of these things. What, what am I doing here? Like, I, <laughs> and so I, I regretted bringing a lot of things. Like there are things that I wish I'd brought There are things that I wish I hadn't brought that I could have just like supported the local economy and bought some of that stuff there and not transported it. Um, the one thing I was really happy with the cookware that was there. Okay. Um, like I said, there was that cast iron skillet and that was beautiful and that like worked amazingly and I was very happy with it. There was a smaller one that I spent the entire like time there, like stripping it and reseasoning it um but then they had this like enamel pot um that was like really great and i used that to make the beans and i like it was just fun dealing with restrictions that normally aren't on me like when i say that like there wasn't running water they technically have a camper that like is hooked up to the well and has like a water tank and so like but we weren't really like living in there we only used that for the bathroom and so like If I had to wash my hands, I had to get soap on my hands. And then there was a pitcher filled with well water that it's technically drinkable, but it's it has like a very high mineral content. It doesn't taste very good. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like red. And so like I would have to like lather up my hands, take one soapy hand try to grab this heavy pitcher of water, pour it on my other hand. Go back with my other hand, which is already soapy and slippery anyway, and pour water on my other hand and just keep doing that back and forth until I'd like wash the soap away or gave up and just wiped it off on a towel like that is not a it's not as easy just turning on the faucet and washing your hands for 20 seconds and then going about your business. And so I don't know, it was it was just it was different and it was it was fun to have my mind work on something so basic as that.
1: So Doug needs his fancy ingredients to go cabbing.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I cause I don't want to do just like I look, I love a hamburger and a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. And I did that. I did that. I made a really good cheeseburger. I made some good hot dogs,
1: but I feel like there's, there's, there's a lot of recipes that I see where people cooking who are like literally out in like the farmland, just in the middle of nowhere, are able to cook all these things. Right. Like yeah. I'm not saying that the campers are just like, Cook just bring meat with garlic and stuff, but, like there's people who like make curry dishes out in yeah in the middle of like, India.
0: A hundred percent. Like I should have decided to make a, a well, okay. Like if I wanted to make like a Japanese style like curry dish, I could have done that, and I don't know why I didn't do that. I think yeah, I should have tried that. I should have I should have brought a jar of gimchi and made gimchi fried rice, or or tried to like grill some sanggip sal or something out. Th- I don't know. Like I I should have been more adventurous. And I, I wasn't and I'm like kicking myself for not having been a little more aggressive on that front.
1: Yeah, I think we're, we're actually going camping in a couple of weeks. And that's where we're trying to think is like, what other dishes can we make? And I think when we talked about this before the show, um, you said, you know, Mexican dishes should be good because most of it's like fire roasted. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, OK, there's some things that I can make. So so we're looking at dishes. Um, we're going with my brother in law. I got to ask him what he wants to make. I think he does want to do like the steak and and the skillet thing. But he is, is, is his, he gonna have because you're hiking, too. Right. We're also we're also hiking. We're not.
0: You're not carrying everything with. Him,
1: no, right? we're just leaving everything like, the
0: campsite. He's really going to curse carrying that like cast iron skillet around.
1: <laughs> well, he said that. Well, I told him that he if he does take it, he needs to make sure he like wraps it in like a bear proof bag. So they do yeah. sell those. So we actually came across them at uh, REI. Okay. Um but uh he he's very picky on his taste and his taste buds. Like this like he likes oh, really? like plain burgers. It's about plain oh, okay. plain like Yeah. Maybe there's cheese on there, but that's it. It's just Yeah. burger cheese bun. Okay. No condiments.
0: No condiments.
1: But he's he might have changed. This is like years ago. So we haven't he just finished the military, so I'm not sure like what he actually. Well, eats, yeah, he has to eat whatever they give them there. So. Yeah, so I think his, his taste was like we we ate sushi with him the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just more make sure like he knows what he wants to cook and what we eat because you know not into making multiple dishes when we have one pot, you know, one pan. Mm-hmm
0: so there's a lot you can do with that honestly like and i was yeah like and i I like not having i think yeah i like having some restrictions sometimes it just it
1: just makes it more fun for me it's a puzzle but i researched like camping recipes i just like googled Mm -hmm. i'm like i want to see what comes up and a lot of it is you know american food but a lot more has been popping up and this is like even when when i used to go camping a lot of it is a lot of like Mexican fusion with camping stuff. Like there's like, now there's like cast iron, uh, Dutch oven nachos, like camping Dutch oven nachos. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> it's like nachos, there's quesadillas, there's fajitas, which I mean, they're very simple. It's pretty much the, the basics. Yeah, that,
0: I mean that it only actually like, makes a lot of, I like, honestly, I, okay, I'll say this. I, I struggle to think of any kind of food that would be difficult to make while camping. Like, cause People make that kind of food everywhere. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's, I think there's just this idea of like, because we grew up here that like camp food is hot dogs and hamburgers and s'mores, Mm -hmm. which are all great, delicious things, but like, it can be so much more. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it should be so much more. If you were to go on your dream camping trip, what would you want to make? What do you want to try? What do you feel like would, would work in the outdoors that would like? You would feel pretty accomplished.
1: I think if I was to get like a a, a Dutch oven, the campfire would be nice to like make some stews. Like make a stew. Yeah. I feel like something like hearty like that. That's like filling yeah. like a I know it's easy to make chili because it, you know, it's all like canned stuff. But I would like to make. Yeah, a, oh,
0: but You don't have to use the cans.
1: Yeah. But I'm not going like to make the beans that way. But I was thinking like, maybe oh, like come a on. stew. <laughs> so like a meat stew would be nice. Yeah. Uh yeah, so I mean something like that, or I would like to get, bring my uh more cajete, like the the, the mortar, the oh, yeah. mortar to like make a salsa, like a fire roasted salsa. I might do that. That would be amazing. Yeah, I think I might do that next because I do have one, but it way weigh, it weighs a lot. Would you go camping? Like camping, camping?
0: I probably yeah no. I I do want to go camping. I just have to buy a bunch of things now.
1: Well, let's go. Let's go <laughs> next year
0: yeah yeah we should we should go i just i need to like t- tell me what do i need what do i need to go camping i know i need like a tent i need a sleeping bag
1: yeah so we what went to, else we went to rei we did the checklist so sleeping bag there's a checklist there's a checklist oh my god well okay. the checklist is to like make sure like you know first aid kit which you right everyone should have yeah. automatically um okay so other things so camp chair flashlights or headlamps yeah. Hammock. I think you have a hammock.
0: Yes, we do have a hammock. That's on a checklist that's required? It's optional.
1: So the, so oh, the, okay. the campsite, these are important. Is tent. So footprint and stakes. Sleeping bags, sleeping pads. Mm-hmm. Camping pillow, if you want that. Camp chair. A camp table, if there's no picnic table. Mm-hmm. And then tools. A multi-tool duct tape. Extra cord. A hammer to hammer the stakes in. Mm-hmm. An axe, which I don't have, uh, which is fine. And like a tent pole to repair Mm -hmm. and like, you know, like, uh, so the kitchen stuff. So here we go. If you want to cook stuff, stove and fuel. Okay. Matches, lighter or fire starter, cook pots, frying pan, eating utensils, cooking utensils, bottle opener, cabin opener, sharp knife, plates, bowls, mugs, cups, cutting board, cooler, ice, water bottles, a camp sink or a wash bin. A camp sink? Yeah, so what we used is um, we took one of, so we have a container where we keep our like kitchen supplies in, Mm. like the dishes and stuff to, you know, to pack. So we use that, we fill it up with water, a little bit of soap, Mm -hmm. and uh, we mix it in there and we just pretty much wash everything in there.
0: Oh, that's clever. And then we
1: rinse it out, that way we're not constantly using water.
0: I love that. That's, that's great.
1: So that we like rinse them off and then they're good. You know, and then a yeah. like dish towel and then trash bags. Yeah. So that's, that's essentially how we have that set up. Um. So, I mean, you don't need that much. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like there's a lot um, of stuff and mm-hmm. there is like the cost, like a tent's pretty pricey. Yeah. But, and the one thing that, that I noticed from my years of camping is that more POCs are out there now. Yeah, Because they used to be That's like, good. They, I mean, Megan talked about like there's articles about how, you know, there wasn't many um, people of color out camping and people are wondering why. And I think the younger generation are getting out there because they, you know, nature bathing is really good for you. You don't have internet, you have less distractions, so a good way to clear your mind. But so our listeners out there like, it does look a lot, but I mean, for the price of an Airbnb for a weekend, you get to have supplies for ever. Yeah. And you know, a campsite ranges from seven dollars a night to ten dollars a night. And then there's actually an Airbnb app called the Hip Camp that people let no. you you can also Airbnb actually has campsites too. Like people like oh, nice. rent out their property. But it's called hip camp and people rent out their property and let you use their bathrooms and whatnot. And it's like $10, $20 a night. So if you, you know, pay for one weekend of Airbnb out front you have a year you can so i mean we're already playing our camping trips for next year i'm excited for it yeah so that's
0: good that's good i i i just say i think one reason why maybe i'm a little bit wary around camping is once again that very first trip i remember my parents they must have spent a lot of money putting this trip together like getting all the camping gear for for three kids and like buying all this stuff to, like, travel all across the entire, like, United States to visit these national parks. And we never went camping again. (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, I think I'm a little worried that I'm, like, I'm going to go gung-ho. I'm going to spend a bunch of money. I'm going to, like, buy a bunch of supplies that's going to take up so much space here at the apartment. We'll go camping and we'll hate it. And then we'll never go camping again.
1: So first thing, uh, I don't think it takes up a lot of space because like like now yeah. with like te- like you said like the technology everything fits in together. That's true. Yeah. Like it's made to fit in a backpack if you're Damn. very diligent at what you're purchasing. Obviously, our tent mm-hmm. we bought a four person tent because they talk about it more roomier and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but if you do, let me know and I'll make you go camping. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah,
1: that sounds good. So I think I think it'll be fun, and then we can. Record an episode out there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it does seem like a relatively safe option for vacation or, or taking a break or whatever you need for, to get out of whatever headspace you're in Mm -hmm. right now. Everyone needs a break. And, and it does sound like it, it checks a lot of the boxes for, for being exactly what everyone needs from being cooped up at home for so long. And, and, And also safe-ish. I mean, it's it's outdoors at least. You know, you're not stuck inside in a building with 200 other people at a hotel. Yeah. Um, It sounds. It does sound a lot safer. And so, uh, as long as you're not at a place that's like super crowded.
1: Yeah, I mean, there are limited sites. Uh, Like, there's not like you can have. I mean, even if it's packed, there's enough room for everybody. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think it's an easy. Way out. I mean, it's an easy way to get out, like for a weekend, multiple weekends. Yeah. So I recommend it.
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have questions, you can email us at wearebeyondhungry at gmail.com or reach out to us on social at wearebeyondhungry on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, especially if you're a camper, a backpacker, or you just have a lot of outdoor experience, we'd love to hear uh, what you subsist off of out there or what kinds of recipes you end up cooking out there.
1: Yeah, it would be great to know you know, how you approach, especially, especially with backpackers. I'm really curious to know how you cook in the middle or in the middle of nature and like your equipment and the process and the ingredients you bring with you. Music is by our good friend, Bo Brenton. You can follow him at Bo Brenton. That's B-E-A-U-B-R-E-N-T-O-N. And if you like this podcast, follow us or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you would
0: like, give us a reading or write a review on Apple and Google Podcasts. Oh, and one last thing, uh, David and I are going to be taking a bit of a break for a few weeks to kind of recollect our thoughts uh, and try to refine the podcast a little bit more. Uh, we've received some good feedback from you and we want to really put that into practice. So thank you, everyone who's written into the show or or, or messaged us on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, we really appreciate that feedback and that really helps us put together uh, a great podcast.
1: Yes, thank you so much. And we're excited on you know creating more content and everything that's coming in the future so stay tuned thanks everyone bye